Mike Hestron, welcome to Advocates for Truth. And it's a blessing to have you on. Uh, Mike Hestron is a Riverside County District Attorney, and uh, you are a godsend. Uh, I can say that uh, knowing having litigated um, some cases and one case in particular where your predecessor uh, was in, uh, prosecuted a pastor for totally uh, unnecessary and unreasonable uh, means or an unreasonable basis for which he prosecuted. You've come in and uh, I just want to uh, congratulate you. So maybe the first question is, uh, when are you running for governor? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you must you must really despise me if you wish that uh, that on me. But uh, no, um, not anytime soon, Bob. I'm uh, I'm very happy in the job that I have, and I, I am running for district attorney again. Yeah, running for district attorney again in 2022. Um, well, I can tell you, uh, there's there's many of us who would uh, support a, a future run of something along those lines, or maybe the uh, state attorney general. Uh, we really need uh, to turn California around. I think I think it's going to happen. I think people are getting real frustrated. And, you know, over this COVID season, uh, you know, we've been litigating so many cases uh, in, in my law firm against the, the governor and the attorney generals out vigorously defending uh, these cases. We've been litigating cases on behalf of churches, helped businesses, and it has just been a nightmare. But I can tell you one thing that has been uh, fantastic is that we have not had to worry about Riverside County. And in Riverside County, uh, people would question, well, how come you guys aren't facing all these problems in Riverside County with churches being shut down and things like that? Uh, although some churches voluntarily closed, uh, the, the question is, is how come uh, they, they've been able to open and certain churches have stayed open? It's because we have you as our district attorney and we have Chad Bianco as our sheriff, two uh, believers and uh, people who value the Constitution. But today I wanna to talk about uh, uh, gun violence because the purpose of what we do is to really look at things from a biblical perspective on this podcast and video cast. And a couple of weekends ago, it hit me, there were so many shootings that happened uh, in the United States over one weekend, according to CNN, uh, it, they call them mass shootings, but it says a series of mass shootings over the weekend left at least 11 people dead and another 69 injured. Chicago, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Patterson, New Jersey, across the country. And, and so I'm looking at this article and, you know, it's, uh, there's this big cry for gun control. Uh, some want to seize our guns. Some want to just increase background checks, different things like that. Um, and I, I look at it and say, what do you think? What I believe the Bible, uh, it, it helps to influence and should influence our lives in every aspect in all of our thinking. And I'd like to know from you, how does the Bible relate to your thoughts on gun control? And what are your thoughts on gun control? So let me, let me uh, if I could answer it in a little bit broad perspective. I've been, uh, I've been working in the criminal justice system as a prosecutor for almost 25 years. I've been the elected DA for about six years. So I, I've got a long, my, my entire career has been dealing with crime, violence. And so, you know, the, the perspective that I have and that our system has is one of based on individual liberties, individual rights. And it comes from the dignity of every single person, 
born with a bundle of rights, endowed by their creator. That's what our founding document says. And so I, I think that that, that Judeo-Christian val the, the Judeo-Christian values undergird our criminal justice system. Let me give you an example. We don't, we don't prosecute mass crimes. We don't prosecute a group of people for crimes. And we don't round up mass people and say, well, you're all part of this group and you're all uh, you know, guilty and this is the punishment you're all getting. The same way we don't allow people to vote in mass. We don't say, well, you know, you're, gonna, you're all gonna vote the same way. And so our system is really designed, the individual is the, the autonomous you know, uh, unit and that individual has got to be held responsible for all their behavior, but that individual also has rights and rights to push back against the government. And so my, my views on the, on the Second Amendment and on gun control really correspond to my views on criminal justice. I fully believe in the rights of the individual. I, I have, I'm a prosecutor, and I think that we absolutely have to have defense attorneys to protect the rights, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment rights. If one of my prosecutors uh, is violating the rights of defendants, they don't, they don't work here anymore because our system depends on respecting that individual that, who was created in God's image. S similarly, we all have the right to bear arms under our constitution, and that's because we have a right to defend ourselves and not be dependent on the state for protecting our family. Look, I'm a gun owner, Bob. I, I've been a gun owner and... and um, someone who I, I grew up, my father was a police officer. As a child, we, we moved to Wyoming and, you know, my dad hunted all our meat for many years. Uh, so I grew up in that culture. And so I, I'm very comfortable with guns. And I, I try to understand my, my friends, my neighbors, my colleagues who are not. And I, and I, you know, not everybody has my perspective. So I, I do give people leeway, but at the end of the day, it's written in our constitution that that people have the right to keep and bear arms. And the, and the Supreme Court has interpreted that as the individual right. And I think that's correct because our whole other parts of government, other systems focus on that individual right. So the Second Amendment talks about a well-armed militia. And in that era, you know, there are some uh, theologians even who who look at that provision and say, well, you know, let's take that Second Amendment in context and say that really what that was, was the, the, the idea of allowing people to bear arms was to defend ourselves against foreign enemies, uh, not necessarily to defend ourselves in our own home. Uh, what do you think to, about that? You know, I, I, I studied history in college and the, the reality is, is that the militias, the early militias that defended our nation during the, during the Revolutionary War, that, that really you know, fought the British and rebelled against the British. The reason why the Second Amendment is written like that is because they, they, everybody owned guns. The, the, you know, the, the, we were a frontier nation. And so every individual, every household had a gun. And when they formed militias, the you know, government or the, you know, the Continental Congress didn't furnish them with guns. And so that's the reason for that phrasing. It says, you know, the, the, a well-regulated militia being, you know, da-da-da-da-da, it's because the individual had to have the right to, to be armed because they might have to participate in a militia. That's the thinking, the Second Amendment. However, you know, so, so the real purpose was to defend not, not only against foreign invaders, but also potentially uh, our own government, if that, 
if that same government became tyrannical. That, that was the thinking of our framers and our founders. You know, I, I think that the right to defend your home was implicit. I think that it was so obvious that they didn't need, they didn't feel the need to put it in the second amendment because everybody would have assumed, well, of course, someone has a right to defend their home. And so, you know, no need to put it down there. I'd like to uh, speak to that in, in regard to Exodus uh, 22. Uh, in Exodus 22, in the Bible specifically talks about, you know, if a thief is found breaking in and, and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt uh, for him. But if, and, and it goes on. But the idea that you can defend your home in, in Exodus itself. And then in, um, in Luke chapter 22, verses 36 through 37, says, but now let one uh, who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And, and, the let, let, and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. Speaking of him sending the people out, sending his disciples out. And, you know, back then they didn't have guns, but they had swords. That was their weapon. Uh, and, and to me, I look at that, and I think that's, that's good context for the fact that we, we have a right to self-defense, right? We do, and and those those rights are enshrined uh, in California law, right? There, there, people have a right to defend their lives. Now, now under our law, you can't defend property with deadly force. So, right. you know, for example, someone's stealing your car, you're watching them steal your car, uh, you, you can't go shoot them. You know, and that's again, it goes back to the sanctity of human life and the value of human life. What our law basically says is, a, a car can never can never match the value of a human life, even a human life who's co committing a crime. So, I, and I agree with that. So, but, but the law also says if, if, you, if you're being threatened, if your life is being threatened, if your family's life is being threatened, you have a right to, to use deadly force. And, and that, that concept is actually implied in the following verses uh, there in Exodus chapter 22, two through three. Uh, I, it's interesting how our modern day law actually is consistent with what is said in Exodus. Well, right. I mean, our, our laws were built, we, we, we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. There's no, no question about that historically. Hey, Mike, so to the present, what do you think if we, if we went the way of Russia or China and we banned all weapons for the citizenry and these laws were passed, do you think that that's going to uh, cause less violence, less gun violence, let's say, uh, here in uh, the United States? No, not at all. To, uh, people that say that are, are being dangerous and dangerously naive. As I said, I've been a prosecutor for 25 years. I prosecuted many, many gang members. And part of the reason that I am still arm myself and, and I, you know, I have a, I have a, a CCW as well, is because I, I've put a lot of gang members, very violent people in prison. And you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that gangs are violent, they're, they're intent, they're, they're bent on breaking the law, and they arm themselves. And almost never, Bob, do they arm themselves by going and legally purchasing a weapon. So there, there's a whole black market and underworld of a weapons trade that goes on. So, you know, it, it, it can be a very organized kind of gun running, uh, you know, behavior, or it can be as simple as, you know, a gang that trades around a single gun when they're going to commit a crime. And that, that's also very common. But what you don't find is gang members saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go down to the, the, to, to the sporting goods shop and I'm going to buy a weapon. 
That's not how it works there. So in other words, you, you can ban, you, you could ban guns if you could, I don't, it's not constitutional, but if that changed, you ban weapons. First of all, that doesn't take away the impulse to commit crimes just because of, of, if weapons were unavailable. But even if we could somehow make weapons unavailable, there's millions upon millions of weapons in existence. And these guns wouldn't be turned in by gangs or criminals or cartels. That's not going to happen. That's, that's delusional. And so they would be heavily armed, uh, continue to be heavily armed. Are, are you are are you aware, uh, being that we're close to Mexico here in Riverside County, uh, close to the border, uh, and and our border is so porous? Are you aware? Are there are there weapons that come through uh, our southern borders uh, up here illegally? I, I I assume there are. You know, Mexico has a no gun policy. Think about that for a second. The the country of Mexico allows no weapons, no individual ownership of weapons. And yet there's running gun battles on the streets of Mexico uh, every, every night. Right uh, on our border. Automatic weapons. So we, guns, guns are coming across. What's, what's really pouring across the border that's got me uh, worrying me, keep me up at night, is the fentanyl that's pouring across the border. So it's, it's you know, the, the local gangs and the cartels and organized crime uh, it's proliferating and it's growing. The fentanyl trade is going to be a big problem in the, in the coming years. So what if uh, the nation went the way of California and said, we're going to, we want to ban assault rifles and, or we're going to put these, I, I forget what that's called, but these, we're going to modify these rifles and they, uh, they make it so that you can't, um, I don't know, shoot, or you can't reload quickly. What do you think about about uh, efforts like that in terms of gun control? You know, I think in many ways that they're, they're also misguided. You know, they, they um, these these so-called assault rifles. A lot of a lot of them are no different than other uh, weapons and and rifles that are still readily available. Absolutely no different, other than the the way they look on the exterior. And so, you know. There, functionally, there's no difference. So you can go right now and buy the equivalent of an AR-15 in California. It just it just has a different outer shell, so it looks a little different, but functionally, it's the same gun. So, you know, I I, I think that I would love I would love our legislature to learn about guns, understand what guns are, understand the difference between fully automatic, semi-automatic revolvers, I, I don't think there's a basic knowledge of firearms. And, and I think that's important. I, I do think that firearms and the use and the ownership of firearms is a great responsibility and that the individual, again, is, is responsible for becoming trained, learning how to safely use that firearm, making sure that that firearm doesn't get into the hands of children or criminals. Uh, and, and so, again, it goes back to my original point. Um, I think we've got to learn to trust the people. This is a nation that is supposed to be governed by the people. The people must be trusted. If they, if they show that they can't be trusted, then, then there's the criminal law. But until they show that, the, the people rule here, and they've got to be trusted. Can I ask you one last question? And, sure. and it, it really is somewhat kind of the first question I'm going to ask again, but more directly on point. How does the Bible inform your position on gun control uh, as, as your DA? 
Well, the 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 Bible. Um, obviously, I, I don't enforce biblical law. I enforce right. the California law, and so I, I follow California law. No question about that. And and I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I'm practicing Catholic, and and so, you know, I, I've my job is to enforce California law. Having said that, what I the way that I do my job is I respect the the spirit of the Constitution, which is the individual which comes from this idea that every single person is created in the image of God, the individual is primary. And so, you know, we, 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 we don't violate the individual's rights. We make sure that people get fair trials. We make sure that when something goes wrong in a trial, in a criminal trial, we fix it. It's, it's the individual. Nobody should spend a day more in prison than, that, than they should. And nobody who's innocent should, ever be wrongfully convicted. And it happens under our system. So that is how I look at doing my job. When it comes to the Second Amendment, I see it the same exact way. Individuals have a right to bear arms in this country. That's what our Constitution says. That's the way I'll enforce the law. They have a right to, to do so, and for good reason. And I, and I support, uh, you know, I, I support, I, I, I guess I don't have a problem with uh, efforts, you know, registering guns and background checks. But I think we've got to be very careful. When, when the government begins to talk about confiscations or buybacks, I think we're, we're treading on very dangerous grounds because the individuals in this country have a right to bear arms and defend themselves. And it is a right that I enjoy and is a right that many citizens enjoy. And you know, I'll tell you, let's be really honest. You, you, when someone's in trouble, when there's a sound of breaking glass, in the middle of the night and in everybody's worst nightmare you've got you know your family you sound of breaking glass or someone's trying to get into your home of course you're going to call 911 you're going to you're going to hope that that the police come and they do and they come and the great thing about this country and our society is they come with no questions asked they don't say how rich are you they don't say did you donate to the to the local uh, you know the mayor's race they don't ask what your race is they don't ask what your gender is they come ready to help but they can't stop everything and they can't get there immediately. And so we have the right to defend ourselves and our lives and our loved ones. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, I appreciate those great words. And I think uh, one scripture verse comes to mind that I think uh, you fulfill very well. And it says, what, what's the Lord require of you in Micah 6, 8? What does the Lord require of you? What's God require of you? But to do, but to love mercy and to do justly and to walk humbly with uh, our God. And I appreciate you. I thank you for what you do. And uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us and share your thoughts. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate being here with you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you again sometime soon, I hope. All right. Have a good day. All right. God bless you. Thanks for everything. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay.